Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. This is Mamma Mia Daily, the stories you need to hear today, read by the women who wrote them. I'm Melody Tay, editor of mamamia.com.au, and on today's show, just because you're British doesn't mean you want to talk about Harry and Meghan's new documentary. I'm British and even I don't want to hear about the royal family dramas anymore. By me, Laura Jekyll. There's a show on Netflix right now that I guess you may have heard about. It's a little documentary about a couple called Harry and Meghan who used to be part of the British royal family but then left and now can't stop talking about it. As someone working in the media and with an interest in popular culture, I have had very different feelings about this public couple since they wed in front of millions in 2018. When Meghan first joined the royal family, it seemed like a positive step in modernising an ancient and highly problematic institution. I had a sense of hope that their love and marriage would herald a new era for the royals. Since then, well, we all know just how quickly things fell apart. Now, even as a British expat, I'm exhausted because the royal family's drama and all the related headlines are everywhere I look. I understand why this topic continues to dominate the media. It's like the reality show no one asked for. The crown come to life with a touch of 21st century Hollywood glamour to boot. On one side stands Harry and Meghan, with accusations of racism, claims that the royal family allows mental health issues to go unchecked, and a lot of feelings. Where on the other side there are the British royal family and a whole lot of silence. As a youthful Gen Xer, or almost elder millennial, I felt empathy for Harry and Meghan as their story first unfurled. I wondered how history could repeat itself after Diana. And why were the royals so insistent on Meghan having to wear knee-length skirts with stockings? Where once the royal family might simply have been irrelevant or invisible to younger generations, Harry and Meghan opened up debate about their purpose and ethics in the 21st century. I understand why a young couple would be unhappy to be hamstrung by weird, archaic rules that include sanctions on working, sharing how they really feel, and wearing what they want all the while not having their mental health needs met and possibly being discriminated against. These are not conditions to flourish under. But then there's all that wealth, privilege and fancy free castles with built-in butlers that come with royal titles. And as a commoner from a working-class town in the UK, I find it hard to muster sympathy for the spare prince and his duchess. In fact, I can see why they may have been some side-eye from Wills and Kate, who were just busy getting on with the job that comes with being at the very top of the British class system. I have no doubt that being royal can be tough, and I do not want to minimise anyone's mental pain. But none of their troubles are tough in the way that indentured workers of the British Empire had it tough. Where's the perspective? The millions of media headlines that this story, 
alongside the coverage of the Crown and the recent death of the Queen has generated and continues to generate is astounding. And because of this, I feel like I need to have an opinion, a hot take, and trying to sum up how I feel, even for this article, is just giving me a headache. My feelings about these people I don't know have changed and will change again, and they are also nuanced. Why do we have to be team royal family or team Harry and Meghan? Can't we just be team, can we please talk about something else? And I really don't want to talk about any of it with my parents who have just arrived for six weeks for the Christmas period or talk about it with anyone in my extended family or the man in the coffee queue. It's starting to feel like Brexit all over again, although I should clarify my parents and I agreed on this and I am all out of fight. There has been a lot of disagreement and fighting and I'm ready for amiable agreement and peace. As Holly Wainwright wrote in her piece about the generational divide and what your age means for how you feel about the royals, I have disagreed with people on this issue in the past and I'm not pleased that the documentary drops right at the start of our Christmas holiday. Is there a point where we can just agree to disagree and then move on? I thought we had reached that point after Harry and Meghan's Oprah TV interview and I wondered if the Queen's death had changed things, but no. There's now this six-part documentary series to unpack and pick over and then Harry's book release in 2023. So this topic isn't going anywhere. Thanks to Netflix, there's a heated family discussion coming to a Christmas dinner table near you. It's not that I don't care about institutional racism or mental health as broader issues, but I question how much energy do we need to spend fighting with people we know in real life about issues and people that we really don't know. The column inches and resulting family arguments or disagreements around the world that this whole sad debacle has already inspired is too much. I don't want to tap out now, please. Ultimately, and whatever your politics or opinions on either side, the issues between Harry and Meghan and the royals comes from the clash of a feminist raised by a single mother coming up against the firm. The union of these two was always going to be difficult, no doubt in particular for Harry who was only 12 years old when his mother, Princess Diana, died. Harry and Meghan's story is interesting, sad and challenging and while I wish them all the best in resolving their family issues and doing good in the world, I just really hope there isn't a second season. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Forty-four years ago, Darlene Avis Ketsema went missing. She hasn't been seen since. By me, Adrian Tam. This story involves family violence and murder and may be triggering to some listeners. On October 23, 1978, Darlene Avis Getsema disappeared from her home in Davenport, Tasmania. It has been 44 years since her six children have seen their mother. She was only 30 years old. There were a number of inquiries conducted over several months. People were interviewed and areas were searched. Information was sought from members of the public. But still, there was nothing. Back then, in 1978, family and domestic violence was treated very differently than what they are now. 
The last person to see Darlene was a man who we will not name in this story due to legal reasons. We will call him Mr. P.O.I. for person of interest. Mr. P.O.I. was in an on-off relationship with Darlene. On the night she disappeared, he told police he went to Darlene's home. According to Mr. P.O.I., Darlene was going to drive in her red Holden Sunbird to visit her sick friend Julie, who lived 35 minutes away in Parkham. It was 10.30 at night. He says she never returned home. It was later found that Mr. P.O.I. had a history of domestic violence. He was abusive to his first wife, which led to their marriage ending and her seeking refuge with her parents. He was also abusive to his current wife, who he has been married to for 13 years. Several witnesses have also stated he was abusive to Darlene during their on-off relationship. Darlene's youngest children, Catherine and Ryan, were living with her when she disappeared. They were not interviewed by police back in 1978. In 2013, 35 years after Darlene's disappearance, they finally had their statements taken about the last day they saw their mother. Catherine, who was eight years old when Darlene disappeared, said that she heard arguing and hitting sounds from her bedroom, and that not long after that, there was dead silence. Ryan, who was five years old at that time, and who is the biological child of Mr. POI, could not remember much. But he does remember Darlene drinking a lot, which was out of character, and she was acting nervous and strange. An inquest into Darlene's disappearance was held late last year, and the findings were handed down in June this year. In the report, the coroner looked at the four possibilities of what could have happened to Darlene. Suicide, misadventure, left the state and died later, or homicide. The first three possibilities were thoroughly vetted and thrown out. That left the last probability, homicide. In summary, the inquest found that Mr. POI was responsible for Darlene's death and disappearance. The evidence against him, including his history of intimate violence, his frequent arguments with Darlene, and compelling witness statements, all pointed to the inevitable conclusion. Yet, the inquest could not determine whether she died at the home in Davenport or somewhere else. It could not determine the nature of the injuries or what became of her body. And that is the saddest part, that still, after all these years, Darlene remains missing. Even though the inquest ruled that Mr. POI was a person responsible, the formal process of laying charges is separate. Charges have not yet been laid against Mr. POI or anyone else. A $500,000 reward is on offer to anyone with credible information that can help police find Darlene and uncover the truth about what happened to her the night she disappeared. Anyone with information is asked to contact Crime Stoppers on 1-800-333-000. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mamma Mia Daily. And for more from our writers, check out their profile links in the show notes. I'm Melody Tay, editor of mamamia.com.au. The show's producer is Claire O'Halloran, and our audio editor is Tom Lyon. We'll be back tomorrow with the stories you need to hear read by the women who wrote them. See you then. If you believe in what we do here at Mamma Mia and you want to support a purpose-driven women's media company, consider being a Mamma Mia subscriber. There's more information in our show notes.